1: It must be October, it must be just about a week or so from Halloween, it must be into the Parabnormal, that means I am Jeremy Scott, somewhere between abnormal and paranormal. Welcome to the show, it's good to have you back with us. Since it is the haunted season, the Halloween season, the spookiest time of the year, my favorite time of the year... And uh, I've got uh, a brand new catalog next to me that, I, that I'm that i really digging into, which deals with a lot of the haunted locations around British Columbia, but also around Canada. Which means I had to have back the Haunted History BC sisters, Gina Armstrong and Victoria Vancek, uh, who are sisters and have, uh, share a passion for ghosts. Is that right?
2: That is. Hello. That's hey, Great to be back. Too.
1: Welcome back. How have <laughs> yes. you both been? You've, been? you've been busy creating uh, calendars, magazines, putting your great artwork and haunted histories into print. So congratulations on that.
3: Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Jeremy. That's great. I know we're all excited to be here.
1: What about the history, the haunted history, the ghosts has you really hooked? Got you hooked, I guess, is a better way of saying it. What got you hooked?
2: I just think it's probably um, first started off with the history part and then went to the uh, and went to the haunted part. So, yeah, just, you know, every time we looked into the history of a place, we always uh, we always came across really good ghost stories or legends or people would tell us things about, you know, experiences. And then, then we, we started looking for those things
3: ourselves. Mm hmm. That's true. And I think our love for ghosts, too, because even as kids, when we were young, we were always fascinated by it. And um, we always liked haunted places and haunted houses and just check things out all the time. But um, it wasn't until about like in 2019 when we were just getting really into it. And we were purposely looking for locations and sites that maybe were supposedly haunted. And it all came out uh, probably around when even... Of course, like even last year and the year before, when people started telling us about locations, and we were like, "Okay, cool, we're gonna check it out." You know, we're we're a little bit hardline skeptics sometimes, but when we go into places, I tell you, it just freaks us out. We we've had some pretty good experiences for sure. We definitely have, yeah. And it's always fascinating because then once you get that experience, you're kind of looking for it
2: all over again.
1: Oh, really? So you go back for more?
2: <laughs> well, we yeah maybe go back for more at the location, or then you want to be able to experience those things again. Like you want to. You know, the first time you get an EVP, well, you want another, you know, you want to get another EVP. And so for people who don't know, it's electronic voice phenomenon. And that's Mm -hmm. what you capture on, you know, the digital recorder. So if you get a ghostly voice, then you kind of want to have that again.
1: You guys have said so much that we could just pick apart uh, all night here. Uh, I believe it was Gina who said good ghost stories. So what makes a good ghost story?
2: Oh, I think when you have um, all the elements, you have maybe a tragic death, you know, a bit of scandal in there. You've got something maybe borderline, you know, creepy, horrific that happened or, you know, just something like that, something mysterious, unknown. And then all of a sudden, you know, you have a haunting.
1: Maybe something with a mysterious element, like a true crime element or something like that, too. Oh, yeah, totally. Yep. And you say a love of ghosts, so you've never been really freaked out by them, or or have you?
3: Oh, we have, in fact, but we just love it. We love the fact <laughs> that we get freaked out.
1: <laughs> I love early
3: that. On, <laughs> early yeah. Yo, Gina, when um, you were just logging in, it was so funny because I was telling Jeremy that we actually go as far as. Um, picking a day and like even like you're around 11 30 or 12 o'clock at night and we listen to his podcasts and then sometimes we like pick out other people's podcasts and then we just like listen and freak each other out we love it you know, know then you freak, can't, then you freak can't freak sleep right that oh my gosh yeah, it's, like kind of, some... it's kind of addicting you freak out and then you love it <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> there is something about that late night hour though and especially this time of the year right which i don't know if about but you ladies where you're up there uh in british columbia right
2: yeah, yeah that's I'm in Maple Ridge, BC, so just maybe about forty-five to an hour outside of Vancouver.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And I'm in Pitt Meadows too, and that's probably about thirty minutes, forty minutes away from Vancouver as well. But I'm in the heart of the Bigfoot country.
1: Ooh, yeah. so you have <laughs> you have not only ghosts, but but cryptid encounters. All right, we'll come back to that. I, but uh, I don't know—is the weather changing up there? Because it certainly has finally started to change down here in the Pacific Northwest after a geoengineered eighty-five-degree weekend. Uh, you know. <laughs> We've had a geo-engineered month of October down here. It's finally finally starting to cool down, and the the, uh, the fog's starting to come in at night, and you're oh. having to close the oh. windows now, turn off the fans, put on another layer, and that just gives uh, these spooky stories a whole nother layer.
2: It does. Yeah, we're finally getting there. We've had really hot weather, too, oddly, for October, so we're kind of waiting for the fall to kick in, so...
3: Yeah, the, the, the fog leaves, definitely the helps. Changing. yeah, the, the leaves are changing, and we've got definitely a lot of misty, foggy days as well. So, And it is a little chilly in the morning, so definitely, yeah, you can feel the spooky season is just right around the corner.
1: <laughs> now, when you guys say you're purposely looking for haunted locations, uh, what is your what is your purpose of going there?
3: Well, we definitely want to also document things. So, I mean, that's kind of the whole purpose of us looking into all throughout British Columbia. Um, areas that might have the potential for you know being haunted or people who tell us stories about like the legends and possibly you know something might have happened in that area whether it's a cemetery or building but uh, for us yeah it's it's we purposely are we seek those things out because most people always focus on the downtown area which is Vancouver that's our big major city there but I mean you don't have to be just in Vancouver to find something that's a little spooky It can be even on the outskirts it can be yeah and a lot of places if they weren't um documented
2: we like to make sure we record those stories just for the historical part because that part's also very interesting and you know along with the ghost story and sometimes it just lets us um fill in the blanks for a specific history of a location so you can fill in the blanks of what happened to people or what who was in that location who lived there and that's always fascinating stuff
1: I would gather, gather today in 2022 it's a whole lot uh, easier for uh, history and research to be done on this topic than say it was 20 or 30 years ago really pre internet or pre major databases on the internet. Have you guys found that the internet has been really helpful in tracking down the history for you?
2: Yeah, a little bit. I would say but we try not to do too much research beforehand. So and certainly it's always always nice to sort of follow up afterwards like if we experience anything it is nice to go you know, online afterwards to see if anybody else has experienced similar things. And then you sort of see a pattern with some places, like if they have hauntings that people have, you know, reported in the past or whatever, you know, has been said about the place. So it's kind of, it is very helpful to have that, but we do try to steer clear of some of the uh, stuff on the internet, just so that we go in with sort of our own
3: experience. Just wanted to add to that is just mention that uh, when we do go to a location that doesn't have a lot of information but when we do come across something that's even more exciting for us i would say that's like a real goldmine because it's something fresh we 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 might you know document something and that's kind of one of our goals is just to make sure that we document the history but also if there's any legends or folklore involved in there we we like to actually include that as well
1: so when you say document the history are you doing interviews with those who have lived it or or ancestors of those or, or how do you go about uh I guess, documenting that and and then also verifying it?
2: Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes it's people who have have visited there. Sometimes it's people who are the caretakers or own the place or, you know, just anybody who's like, who's, you know, had their, just an experience there. So sometimes, you know, people reach out to us and say, oh, I was at this place. And that's the best part is when people reach out to us on either social media or through email and say, oh, by the way, I was at this location and had a really cool th- experience happen or a really go- a cool ghost story. I think I saw a ghost or this is what happened. So then, you know, just, it, it kind of opens up, like once you kind of crack open the can of worms, it seems like things sort of just unfold a lot of times for us. So that's always been really great too. Like you don't have to, you know, look around too long or too hard, but then things <laughs> just start coming your way. So.
1: Uh, what are each of your favorites of all the locations you've been to? And it could be for any reason you pick this. It could be because maybe you've experienced something personally there because you're fascinated by the history, because you took a really cool photo uh, or or whatever it may be. Uh, Gina, go first.
2: I will have to say uh, most recently, I'm just going to pick this because it was recent. It was the um, Old Dominion building in downtown Vancouver. So we went there. And why that experience was so great is because we heard that it was haunted. Um, we have uh, we know some people who have office buildings there. And they said one, one day, just why don't you guys come out and investigate the whole building. It's closed on a Sunday. We're going to go out. And we did. And the best part was that we actually witnessed and had things happen with people who do not ghost hunt, didn't know about what ghost hunting was all about, um, had nothing to do with the paranormal. So... It was great to witness it all together, because I think that then, you know, just made it all the more sort of real for all of us. Like, you can actually see what people do and how how things play out in just a typical ghost town. And that was, it doesn't always go like that, because sometimes you can, you know, you, you get things where nothing happens or very little happens, and it's other times you get a lot of activity. But in this particular case, we got really a lot like a lot of activity on queue and with all of our ghost equipment which was amazing so we had didn't know what to expect we just came out of there thinking oh my goodness this place is incredible because it was just such an incredible group
1: experience and Victoria what 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 would yours go down as?
3: Mm, I probably would say the most one of the more recent ones was an old mansion. It's called the Overland Manor. And we went over there and I have to say it was like one after another it was like all it was just amazing it was like you're watching a movie and it was all unfolding at that time we arrived at the mansion we were supposed to meet up with someone and gina said well okay she thought she saw someone in the building so we thought okay great they must be waiting for us and then obviously while we were parking we also thought we heard noises too somebody maybe like in one of the buildings with the windows open and it turned out that nobody was in the building Um, we actually had to call someone who had to come in and open the door for us. And he wasn't even there yet. (laughs) No, I know. It was just the craziest thing. So we were just, but we were so uh, certain that there was somebody there because when Gina looked through the window, she took some photos because she's like, oh my God, she's like telling me that, oh, look at the beautiful building in there. Like there's lots of, you know, nice architecture inside. So we thought this is great. But then as we were like swiping through and looking through all the different pictures she took, we actually saw like there was a bit of a silhouette of a man in there. So we thought that, well, that's really odd, but nobody was in there. So we thought we just would blow it off. We, we were going through the building. Then we spent about a couple hours there. And I think for me, the more, I would say the more profound, uh, the area was when we were going through the hallway. And I thought I kept seeing something and fly around me. And I thought maybe it was a speck of dust because it was sunny that day. It was coming like the sunshine was coming through the windows and I thought maybe it was like insect or dust or something. And But no, it was, I think we, what I was seeing was seeing an orb. Um, we had pictures as well. And Gina took some photos of me too when I was um, taking photos of the fixtures and the, and the architecture there. And um, then Gina happened to notice that, what's this orb that seems to be always up above you? And then the most wild thing was there was like sort of a chair um, kind of in front of me. Full oh, like a the window. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I didn't even pay attention to it, but Gina's like uh, taking pictures, and then she's like, "Wait, it looks like there's like a little girl, a young girl, sitting there in period clothing." And I thought, "What the heck's going on there?" So it's and it's very obvious too. It looks like a little girl sitting there, and it's like in a form of a mist. Yeah, it's a misty thing, but you can sort of see like a human figure and stuff. Yeah, that was a really interesting place. It was like one after another, and then we thought we thought we saw shadow people too as well there we weren't too sure but gina took a photo and we still can't quite make out what it is that we saw down the hallway but it certainly does look very um like a human let's put it that way so yeah yeah
1: so you've been able to capture things sometimes in the moment sometimes after the fact sometimes you see or hear it but you don't capture it what is some of the best evidence so that you have captured on tape
2: I think just recently there was a couple of EVPs when we were in that building downtown, the Dominion building. We heard, uh, you know, we were kind of walking around and we were asking the questions and everything. Then we played it back sort of on the spot and there was like laughter of kids in the background and there were no kids in the building. And then there was like a woman saying hi or hello or something like that. So I would say something like that can't be really easily explained. Like I think with photos, when you take photos, you can always try to explain it away. There might be something like, You might catch like a ball of light or a mist, but you try to kind of explain it away like it's the lens or the light or the trick of the eye or something. But I think when you get like the audible type evidence, it's kind of that's where it gets kind of shocking because, like, you know, who's in the room. And if you hear like a voice that wasn't supposed to be there or a noise that wasn't supposed to be there, then you start to kind of think like, oh, what what is that? Because that's not really
3: easily explained away. (laughs) Oh, and Gina, and remember when we were doing that, when we were actually running all our equipment, it everything was being hit, like, the, it was all on cue. All at the you same
2: know? time, in the same location. Yeah. So we would move the equipment, like the REM pod, we would have the EMF meter, we'd kind of move it down the hall or by the staircase, and, like, all of them would go off. Like, the REM pod would go off and start to, you know make noise and then the like the emf meters would start to you know light up and everything and then the voices would through the ghost box would start to come in and so it wasn't like just one piece of equipment where you could just say oh yeah just something moved or something knocked it you know but it was all all of it kind of at once which was amazing and we had witnesses we had so many people around us there as well that was the beauty of it yeah all. the people who had their offices well they had no idea and so you know they were their jaws sharp. are dropping i and know i they, remember, they remember they that were taking they were video like... themselves so which is kind of cool because they're going to come out with like a youtube thing and they're and and our ghost hunt there is going to be like their very first video so which is kind of g- going to be really cool because i want to i kind of want to look back on it now sometimes when you're in the moment you're not really appreciating all that's going on because you're like busy right. with equipment you're looking at your camera you're taking pictures and all the rest of it, but I kind of want to see it after it actually happens. It's going to be kind of cool to see what we experience.
3: <laughs> but I seriously think there were kids there. We had kids over there. It's some sort of spirits Lower. of kids. Yeah.
1: Does that make it a little bit creepier when they're, when they're the spirits of kids or at least juveniles, uh, you know, children?
2: I think it does, but I think it's more just a horror movie thing. Like you get, when you hear kids giggling or something, there's something like they're supposed to be innocent about that, but you know, and then of course, in the paranormal world people also say like oh if it's a kid voice or a kid laughing it's sometimes it could be like a demon that's disguised as a kid you know we don't often like buy into that all the time but you know just I think the kid voices are kind of creepy especially when there's not supposed to be like kids anywhere in the building when there was no history of it or then you wonder like who are these kids and where are they coming from
1: are they living in the walls, perhaps?
2: Oh, yes. Yeah. You don't want that. You don't want anything living in
3: the walls. That freaks me out. But we should get some more information from um, the lady who actually let us in there just to get a little bit more background information. Yeah, we'll like have to do some research
2: for sure. Yeah. yeah. And then there's always the legends, too. Like, there was a crazy legend that the architect, like jumped from the building and all that, you know, from the staircase because there's this really cool spiral, like Victorian Gothic staircase, but that wasn't true. And so you kind of have to sift through a lot of um, folklore sometimes too. And just, you know, it's interesting to mention, but it's not true.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's important as well. Earlier you talked about, you know, this stuff really freaks us out. So I guess that's really kind of normal for you guys going into a location and and getting freaked out. But I always have to ask, is there any place you went to or anything that happened that you wouldn't do again because of that reason.
2: Not yet. Not myself. I you know, we've done somewhere there's been activity or there's been strange activity or maybe not like I wouldn't say negative but just sort of tension or whatever. But I wouldn't say that we've at this point we haven't run out of a building screaming,
3: luckily. <laughs> but I will say the English Inn a couple of years ago when we oh, went the Ouija board. I did not sleep that night. I had to have my lights on and I don't think I would like to do that again ever. And I would never want to actually go into that same area, the same room too as well, because I ended up with a room that was already just very odd to begin with.
1: And you brought a Ouija and, board into that room?
3: Yeah, well Who's it's I- Gina's room.
1: Whose yeah. idea is that?
2: <laughs> oh, I wanted to bring it for the first time. So we were staying at this very old inn and yeah, and we thought, well, let's try it. let's try the Ouija. And since then we have tried and again, at another Victorian mansion in town where we when where the place just actually allowed us to do a seance, like a full on Victorian seance, which the Ouija boards and crystal balls and all that were used, you know, back in the day. So we kind of thought, well, we're in a Victorian mansion, so we kind of want to make it authentic and see if we get anything. So I don't know. I don't know if I believe that spirit boards are necessarily like negative or evil or any of that. But there's definitely you, you get I think you bring a different element when you use that
1: tool. Mm-hmm. Was that the only time you guys have used a, a Ouija board and invest or a, yeah? A property? Those two
2: times, yeah. Those two times, yeah. And you
1: kind of learned your lesson or what?
2: <laughs> oh no, I'd do it again. Just, but I think you just bring in a different element. I think it's just feels different when you do it that way. It's you know not an electronic device, and it's sort of like more old fashioned. And I think you have to have, I think you have to have the right group, like the right energy in the room to kind of manifest anything if you so want to call
1: victoria it are you on board with that if if gina wants to bring a a ouija board on the next one you're saying that's okay or
3: she can but it always makes me a little nervous and in a way i i have to see i was glad the last time when we were at that victorian mansion um i'm glad that that other group ended up uh, volunteering with Gina because I was a bystander at the time and that's good enough for me. Um, okay. I don't know. It just, it kind of gives me a little bit of a BBGB there. It gives I you the willies. <laughs> no, it does. It does. <laughs>
1: Well, if, if I don't know if we would consider the Ouija board, a piece of equipment, but what gadgets and gadgets do you guys, uh, do you gals rather bring along with you and what are some of the positives and negatives of relying on those devices, but also the, the, the benefits that they can bring and the, and the evidence that they provide?
3: Well, I love my digital recorder. I have to say, I captured quite a lot of interesting things on that everywhere where we went, but, um, Yeah, I have to say sometimes that you have to sort of take it with a grain of salt, too, because um, sometimes also, you know, if you just rely on the recording, you you sort of lose track of what you've actually been able to see or hear while you were there in person. But um, you have to make sure you actually review it right away. Because there are moments, too, where I've put aside my, my recordings, and then I wasn't quite sure what I was picking up on at that time. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I still love the recorder. We've, we've got some good ones. I have to say, some good um, sounds and voices off of that one. So definitely, I still like that one.
2: And I would say I do like all of our handheld stuff. We have the REM pods, mm-hmm. the EMFs, and all that. You know, we've got a couple different little gadgety things like that the downside is if there's a really active spot your batteries die and then you're just out of luck because that has happened to us we've been in a place where you know all your equipment or most of your equipment whether it's video cameras or whatever and it just all dies and you're thinking oh my goodness i've learned to bring batteries now so i have a bag full of batteries that i could change out at the split second if anything dies (laughs) because that is a downside when you're all ready for the ghost hunt and All of a sudden, everything just starts dying on you and you've got nothing. And then you're like, oh, shoot.
1: (laughs) In your experiences, have you found that there are aspects of the paranormal that really intersect?
2: Oh, let's see. Yeah, I think a lot of I think a lot of it kind of does. Like there's just different things that sort of go hand in hand. I think you can't really have the paranormal without the historical, without the true crime. A lot of spiritual, I think, kind of, you know, goes into that. So and whatever you you want to pick and choose for your own tool bag, sort of to speak, you know, your metaphorical tool bag, like, you, you know, whatever you want to focus on or, or however you choose, like you're going to communicate with spirits. If that's your um, goal, then, you know, all of those things are kind of th- that are all to be considered when you're doing research.
1: And Victoria, you're the one who mentioned Bigfoot before. So have you ever come face to face with a Bigfoot?
3: Oh, I know I have not, and I, I kind of wish I would, but I don't know. Maybe I, I shouldn't wish for that. But I have I've, I would love to. I would love to at a distance maybe witness something. So uh, Gina and I have been thinking about doing a little bit of bigfoot hunting as well. So um, we haven't gotten around to it yet. We had so many other little events that we were doing, but um, definitely I think we'll have to go out of Pit Lake because that's Probably next the-
2: year, right? Next spring yeah. maybe we want to go out? Yeah. You know, I don't know if they... You know that's the mystery about the Bigfoot and the Sasquatch. You know, or the yeah, we haven't really the
1: figured the, the, them out as a species, right? To know, yeah, like well, do
2: they hibernate? Do they? Do they? You know, because you, in colder parts you see, you know, Bigfoots that are sort of, you know, that are out in the cold. But do they? They do all the Bigfoot
1: festivals in the summer, and and I've never seen a Bigfoot in the summer. So I'm thinking maybe during the summer is not the time to go bigfoot maybe
2: no, work. yeah maybe spring i don't know maybe they are out in the winter they've got a pretty good coats, so i'm sure they could be all right out there but
3: <laughs> but we should do the harrison hot spring because that just yes. about like about 40 minutes yeah. away from us they they've yeah. got a lot of uh bigfoot sightings over there as well but uh here in Pitt meadows um there's a place called Pitt lake and that area supposedly is known to be as a migration route so you never know I would love to actually check that portion out over there, but we'll have to get there by boat. So that's the thing yes. too. Plus there's yeah.
2: been UFO sightings too at the same time, which sort of, yeah. to me, then I have more of a, I wouldn't say that it lends more credence or it's more real, but I think, you know, a lot of times when people see Bigfoot or have Sasquatch encounters, you know, they also have some, you know, has they also contemplate him being an alien or having something to do with alien ships or and that those two events have been like repeatedly encountered mm-hmm. there. So I think it's an area that's worth exploring. So we are pretty excited to go out and do a little bit, maybe more of a cryptid uh, run next year.
1: <laughs> do you think that ghosts have the ability to come back uh, as other beings, I guess, in the afterlife? So as, say, a, a Bigfoot or as an alien or a, any of these other species?
2: I personally don't think so. I think a ghost is like, if it's your part of whatever's left over or, you know, if it's, I think ghosts are probably largely, I think like a human entity more or less, or whatever's left of the residual once you, once you pass on.
1: you have any thoughts on that, Victoria? Yeah,
3: I probably would say the same. I mean, I didn't put too much thought into it before, but I I have to say that I think probably like if, if there are some energies that are, are still residual at some point and it was i i believe that probably ghosts are ghosts they're they're actually from beings i believe like these mm-hmm. energies yeah i think that they probably are in that regard probably yeah, but i, think I don't
2: think like ghosts made like humans or even animals yeah. right because people see like ghost cats or dogs or
3: even I animals think, yeah yeah i do believe in that so yes and i but think but i don't that... think
2: you can shapeshift as a ghost like you no. can't be like you can't be a ghost one day and then all of a sudden be a you or know no. be an elemental or a bigfoot yeah no i don't think it and like i don't know if does a bigfoot die and could a bigfoot be a ghost i don't know that's a question that you know that got to ponder over my tea then later today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> over a podcast. Yeah,
2: exactly.
1: It was so great having you both on here. Uh, Gina Armstrong, Victoria Vancek, the Haunted History BC sisters and authors of the brand new paranormal magazine, Evenings and Avenues, Hauntings in the Outskirts. This is volume one of the Haunted History BC series. Where can folks uh, pick that up and tell us about some of the kinds of locations uh, that you report on as being haunted,
3: oh, well, a lot of the items that are even in this book and that will continue to be in future volumes, they're all, of course, from um uh, documentations and histories from of about our cemeteries here in British Columbia, also our museums, a lot of our um heritage uh, buildings as well. So it's like a whole combination of locations and even landscapes. It doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean that, you know, there's a building, but even that area or region. So we mm-hmm. we focus on that as well. Um haunted roads, whatever. Like we we're gonna go and investigate everything. And with our creatures, we've kind of gone across
2: country. So we mentioned things like cryptids from Alberta, Northwest Territories, <laughs> you know, just all, all different locations and you know, eastern Canada. So we do have we yeah. do cover some other other areas as well. So yeah, anything anything canadian there's a lot of ghosts up here so we need to you know weed through them slowly and and share them with everybody gina and victoria
1: thank you so much from haunted history bc have have a spooktacular halloween okay
2: yeah thanks guys thank you so much
1: from the cold dark depths of a secret dungeon somewhere deep in the remote pacific northwest i'm jeremy Scott. good night everyone